to the Genio Accountants podcast with me, Zoe Hansen, and Genio Jezza. Say hello, mate. Hello, mate. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to tell you why it makes sense to use an accountant for your tax return and how it can save you money. Now, Genio Jezza, my mate down the pub says I should make up loads of expenses to go into my tax return to get a bigger tax rebate each year. What do you say? First thing, don't. Obviously, it's fortunate for one. It's the biggest thing, you, your biggest mistake you could you could do. And second of all, it would be just don't do your own tax return. Just just doesn't make sense, really. There's professionals out there to do it. It's not expensive. We get it right. So, what can go wrong when you do your own? So, by doing your tax return yourself, I mean you can do it yourself. HMRC set up for self-assessment. It's complicated though. The website's horrible. It's clunky. You can easily put the wrong numbers in the wrong boxes. Uh, you miss tax announcers that you're entitled to. Um, it's just not a good idea. I think, as we said earlier, sort of, uh, I could cut my own hair, but I definitely don't. But um, yeah, it's just not a good idea. I think we, you've got to learn at some point that uh, it's better to get a professional to do the things you can't do. And so have you come across quite a few people who have tried to do their own? And what are the pitfalls that they might come across? Yeah, we have. We still do. Uh, I still get people coming into the office. Um, who've done their own tax turn, and you can see, and it's unfortunate, but I say we know how to do a tax turn. You can spot a mistake really quickly. Uh, our best example, I think, ever would be somebody who'd come in panicking that HMRC were chasing for a significant amount of money, 14 grand. And the first thing we said was, well, well done, you've made loads of money, well done. They said, no, we haven't. We haven't. <laughs> no, I don't know what I've done wrong. We've done the own tax turn. Uh, HMRC, I've submitted it, so HMRC are chasing me for the money. Um, it can't be right. Can you have a look at it? It wasn't right. And not even close. So she'd put the numbers in the wrong boxes. Um, she'd not declared the tax that she'd already paid. Um, so actually her 14 grand bill HMRC chasing when we resubmitted it ended up being a 1200 quid rebate. Uh, and as I say, we charged 250 quid for a tax turn. It, she was delighted, obviously. HMRC weren't. No, but, but, no they weren't. <laughs> but, but they were in the end because they know that, we, uh, that it was done right. Yes. I think that's it. It's just peace of mind. It's making sure that you're getting it right. Uh, somebody chasing you for that amount of money would stress. Well, and that's the difference, isn't it? So going or coming in thinking you've got a 14 grand bill to find and then actually getting a rebate of £1,200. It's massive, isn't it? I mean, you think of your own personal life, if, if you've got to find that money and you haven't got it. Um, and it's, it was a simple, and I mean really simple mistake. And if she hadn't come in the door and paid it, HMRC would never go back and say, oh, you've paid too much tax. They would always come and tell you've not paid enough if they find that out, but they're never going to come back and tell you've made a mistake like that. So that's the difference, I think, is just making sure that, yeah. We, what we're going to do is take the stress out of it all. It shouldn't be stressful. It, it be. is, though, isn't it? Because HMRC is sort of like this non-physical being <laughs> that just sort of yeah. hangs over you. Yeah. Well, non-physical, but the brown envelopes that come through your door, you see those, and it's like, wow, you think some people... Um, uh, we're, we're, again, we've had clients who just don't open them the ban envelopes and they say everyone's been there at some point and you just you've just got to try and get through it and deal with it i think again another case study we had was a, a, a guy who had a pile of ban envelopes in his lounge just looked at them just, wow well didn't look at them actually just literally get letting wouldn't open them put it on the pile had a massive pile and came in the door you could see the stress in his eyes you could see it he hadn't done a tax turn for a long time was being hounded and when we actually dealt with it we just asked him to go back pick up the first letter bring it in Leave it with us. We'll sort it out. We did. We spoke to HMRC. We got a 
great relationship with the investigator on that and that in that in that circumstance. And when we did his tax returns for the last six years, we were open and honest and said, "Look, there's no records. Unfortunately, this is the position. This is the best we can do. Uh, are you happy with what we're doing?" The inspector was happy. It ended up being that two or three hundred quid a year for his tax bill, which isn't worth the stress and anxiety. And it wasn't. And he, when he came in and found out six returns, and we'd, we'd done it, the change in the man is unbelievable. You see him coming in now; he's happy. He's happy to his accountant. I mean, right. That's so that's thing. the difference, isn't it? It's about the feeling. It's about taking away the stress. So when he walked into the office, he's got thirty, forty letters from HMRC sitting there, and the rest that adore. Oh, really? Um, that are really daunting and, like I say, hanging over you, actually, when you delve into it and, you know, like you say, two or three hundred pounds is not worth any of that. Not at all, no. And I think the other thing was interesting was that he'd actually walked past our office four or five times on different days. Our office is shop front, glass, glass windows. You can see straight in, so you can see who we are. And I think it took him a bit of time just to work out to de-stress, take the anxiety out, and actually, well, I've got to deal with this. From a personal point of view, from a from an accountant's point of view, it's great to see that because it's that's somebody's life. Yes, it comes down to and it. that's it. If you can take that stress away, and you guys at Genio, you're really real, aren't you? That's sort of how I see you. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, we're we're accountants. We're qualified. We're just not dull. Let's be <laughs> we're not, don't wear ties. <laughs> Uh, we treat our clients with, let's say, we, we, our, our fees are sort of fair. We just, yeah, just, uh, I'm a small business owner as well. And I think I relate everything to that in the fact that uh, I know how clients feel. So sort of coming into March time, everybody starts to feel the pressure. They know that, you know, tax year end is coming and they're going to have to fill this in. Well, the first thing on that is, yeah, do it in March. Don't do it in December would be another thing not to... Another okay. accountant, yeah. We're trying to get all ours done early, and I submit my last tax return from a client at ten to twelve on the on the deadline day, which was extended wow. to February anyway. And I don't want to be doing that. Let's be honest. Right. Um, so we are going to push and get people to come in because also doing it in March, May, April means that you know what tax you've got to pay. You've got nine months to think about it, and that's a huge difference as well. Because if you got if you know what you got to pay, you got time to pay it easy. If you got if you do your return on the last day, you got to pay on that day. Yes, so you've got time to plan, haven't you? Yeah, and also if you come before year end, March, you can, we can come and tell you some tax tips, things you may miss uh, that you can't sort of backdate. Just give us a couple of quick tax tips right now. Uh, the biggest one for timing differences: pension contributions. If you've not done a pension contribution or you got spare cash, speak to your IFA. We're not IFA, so we can't give you pension advice. That's financial advisor. Financial advice, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Independent financial advisor, which we've got loads of. So again, come and speak to us. So things like that are key. Most of the other ones, to be honest with you, are, are sort of tax announcers that you can not backdate, but you can actually apply to your tax return. So it's not time critical. The biggest one is pensions and, and buying capital equipment. So if you're going to buy a van, going to buy a computer, those have got to be done before the year end. I don't know if I should say this out loud, right? Because this is going to be broadcast. But I know <laughs> that I, I buy like a laptop and stuff in at the end of March. That's good. Make <laughs> Just to make it. sure that it's all going in, you know. You well, if you need it and it's a business expense, then why not? I right, the and that's the it. Point. There is the expense allowance, isn't there? Somebody said to me something about 15% on your expenses. Yeah, that would have been a builder, I guess. Okay. Probably a builder who's been caught on investigation, right. probably, I'd imagine. Um, what what so significance does the 15% have? What's it all about? Well, HMRC... To be fair, HMRC don't like uh, builders. 
they sort of uh, they don't they just don't just trades people in general trades or just builders general, so that they've got their own tax scheme so builders trades people pay their tax in advance okay so their 20 percent is taken off 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 each invoice and then they claim it back at the end of the year just it's just just the way it is unfortunately but it's good because those builders get a rebate at the end of the year they pay their tax in advance and they get a rebate the 15 percent story you're thinking about would be someone as i said before probably who'd had investigation or been through who probably put too much expenses in the biggest risk you can do i think in that is just trying to manipulate your expenses increase your expenses to get a bigger rebate um have you come across people like this yeah what expenses have they tried to put through well they don't they just put a number in the box Oh. And this is the worst thing. So they're, they're, it's the hardest thing. So I'm going to put this out there. We don't do that. Okay. We won't do that. It's not worth it for us as a, as a professional accountant to do it. But there are people down there. So you'll make down the pub. Yeah. And there'll be loads around there and they will get away with it for a certain number of time. They will. And there'll be a certain percentage that do get away with it. But actually being that person, if you think of stress and anxiety, if you think of, is that brand envelope the one? Is it the one that's actually going to, oh crap, they've got me. Or why am I going to do it? And this does happen, has happened. We've had clients come in through our, our again, our shop front window with a letter from the from the HMRC saying, "Can you provide evidence of these expenses?" That was what I was going to ask you about. Actually, mm. what happens when HMRC start calling on you, and why don't you want it to happen to you? Well, so the first thing to point is HMRC when they get your tax return is they're not it's a it's a computer system effectively they're not looking at you personally. It will be uh, certain red flags that trigger up over the years, and then it will become, all right, let's, we should have a look at this one. We should. And there will be a person then looking at it thinking, um, all right, let's have a look. And all they do is ask a question. And if you've done a legitimate tax return, it's, it's not an issue. You could, they, you, they could write to you and say, can you provide evidence of these expenses? And if you've got evidence, well, fair, fair enough, off you go. Um, that's all they're asking. Okay. Well, they want you to back up your self-assessment. Um, it's called self-assessment because you're telling HMRC what your profit is. Uh, if they don't believe you, and they've got their systems, so 15%, as I say, for the builders is generally what they allow as uh, expenses of turnover. Okay. So if you turn over 100 grand uh, and you put in more than 15 grand expenses in... They're going to look a little well, more closely. Not, not, not initially, no, not straight away, they won't. But, uh, but as it goes on, they will, and it could be. Some years you might have more expenses. You could uh, yeah, buy more capital equipment, as we said. You, you might have bought a van. Uh, you might have had a bad year. You might have lost money. Bad, uh, bad debts, things like that. But th- these things are justified expenses where a letter back to HMRC is dead easy. This okay. is the reason why. This is why. Yeah, this is it. This is it. If it's five years on the trot, then it's more unlikely, let's say, if you're declaring 50% of your turnover's expenses, then yeah. HMRC are looking at it. Well, how can you sustain your lifestyle, let's say, for, for one? That's another one. We, I can come back on that later on. So what happens when HMRC get in touch with you? Do they literally come and just knock on the door or no, what happens? No, not initially. So you'll get a letter first. Right. Um, but again, it's a bad envelope and it's people, if you've got anxiety about those things, people don't do it. Uh, the letter would just be literally asking the question, can you provide evidence of those expenses? And as I say, if you can do it, brilliant, send it off. If you get one of those letters and don't have an accountant, I think the first thing would be would say, speak to an accountant. Yeah. We would help you out. If, even if you went to client, we'd let you welcome and have a coffee talk to you about it and explain to you what you need to do right uh, we would suggest that we look after it for you because obviously as an accountant you have a better relationship with hmrc hmrc are more likely to trust a tax return or a response from an accountant than they are from a tradesman let's be honest because we have a great relationship with hmrc and because yeah we don't do dodgy returns or make make expenses up then that's how it works i think so when they ask the letter when they ask the question via letter and you can't answer it that's when 
the stress was, was set in and there are we have got case setters this we have got people who have done this and it's not a nice place to be and like i said before the worst mistake you could do would be to respond to hmrc if, if you know it's wrong let's be honest and it could be a genuine mistake if you respond to hmrc yourself then without the knowledge of what they're going to be looking for you just open yourself up and that has happened we had a client who um, a new client came in he had a letter he asked HMRC had asked him to justify his expenses and when he was actually when he phoned back uh, he said those aren't my expenses I don't spend that much money what are you talking about and it's like ouch ouch exactly and for an HMRC inspector let's be honest their job is to collect tax uh-huh. um, and that was one year so the inspector then was like right hang on a minute he's saying that the expenses are too high yeah yeah I haven't got that those aren't my expenses and the problem is so he, he I think in this case so this guy hadn't done it himself this guy did have an accountant I'm going to use the word accountant loosely because it is not something that any accountant I know would do, any professional would do. But their fee is a percentage of his rebate. <gasps> oh, which if you think about that it, that is a red flag, full stop, isn't it? If you get 500 quid rebate and they're going to charge you 20% of that, that's not enough. But if you're going to get five grand rebate and they're going to charge you 20%, then obviously whose incentive is it to get a bigger rebate? And let's be honest, if your accountant tells you, oh, great, you've got five grand rebate, you'll be delighted. Yeah. You might not know it's wrong. Because you're, you're trusting someone to do your return uh, in this respect. And if you don't know that it's wrong, you think, great, I've got five, four or five grand every year. This is great. I'm getting a rebate, guaranteed rebates. You just, unfortunately, trust it. I think this is the worst thing you could do. So this investigator then decided to go back another four years. Before you know it, he's, he, then he came to us and he's like, right, hang on a minute. I've got to sort this out. And it's actually, he spoke to his friend. Actually, he spoke to his mate down the pub, funnily enough, actually. And his mate down the pub said, I'm not answering that. Go and see Jezza. <laughs> which is which is if you've got a true mate down the pub who doesn't know t- tax advice would be the best advice you could ever really have I think find an accountant that you trust yeah I think so we're not demons we're not aliens we, we are well I'm certainly approachable accountants I think sometimes get a bad press let's be honest but I think there's a lot of new firms new uh, people like me I guess there are just trying to change it a little bit we don't wear, we're not grey we don't wear suits uh, we just want to help get people um, do the right thing and do you have meetings in the pub? 100%. 100%. So you could be the mate down the pub, right? But with actual knowledge and experience, but do it early <laughs> giving on. good advice. Yeah, do it early on. Don't do it four pints down. <laughs> um, I would never give professional advice down the pub, let's be honest. But it'd just be a case of, ah, oh, come on, that's wrong. Come and, come and talk down the office if you want to. And so you don't need to be a client. I think this is the thing. We're not Accountants, again, get a bad press because you think, oh, they're too expensive. They're going to charge you... For advice, again, I don't do that. I don't charge you for a phone call. I want you to talk to me. That's where you create the trust and the connection with people. And like I said earlier, I think you guys are just really real. You're not the typical accountant. I haven't got a suit. I have got a suit. I say I've got one suit. Um, But I vowed when I quit my job in 2009 that I would never do do a timesheet was one and never uh, wear a tie again. And I haven't. I think it's just being real again and say we're real people. Just we're not. Just come and talk to us. I think that's it. So after the HMRC officer had asked for four years sort of expenses, we basically sat down with him and said, look, this is what, this is what HMRC have got. What are your actual expenses? And unfortunately, this guy had been through a divorce. Um, he'd been, uh, hadn't got any records, moved home, moved out of his house, hadn't had any records. So we were again honest to HMRC and said, look, we haven't got any records. We know it's wrong. Let's be honest. You've got to keep good book, books and records. Um, but we haven't got them. So what can we do? Well, they want evidence of four years' expenses that he had declared. And I say he, he hadn't, his, his so-called accountant had, who, by the way, was no longer contactable, could not get hold of him whatsoever, just couldn't get through. 
uh, that accountant's delighted because they've got a percentage of their fee. Right. So we're talking six, seven hundred quid. And now, bug it off. Oh. Left him to deal with it. In fact, didn't even apply to emails and phone calls that he'd asked to provide backup for the expenses. Um, this was a labour only. When I say that, he, he literally was a tradesman, didn't supply materials, just turned up on site. And then somebody's putting through a load, a load of expenses. expenses. I mean, there are legitimate ones. So mileage, for example, if you're taking your, va- your van, your car, those sort of things, fair enough. But um, if you're labour only, so you're just literally turning up on site, doing a job, going home, what expenses have you got? Mm. So just knowing what you can and can't claim is, is, is key. So those four years' returns ended up being, um, they weren't rebates of four, four grand. They were actual tax charges of only 300 quid. Let's mm-hmm. be honest, they were uh, actually somewhere like a rebate of probably, I think one year was 200 quid, which is fine if you think about it, because it's a, it's a low tax bill. But the, again, the biggest misconception, I think, in the, in, the, in the CIS, which is the building industry, is that a lot of people judge their accountant on the size of their rebate. So if, if your accountant gets you four or five grand a year, well, brilliant, your accountant's brilliant. If your accountant does it properly and gets you 1,500 quid a year, which is about the average, um, then you must have a shit accountant. Right. And that is, it's this heartening i think for me because it's not the right it's not right getting a rebate of 1500 quid is still good don't get me wrong and it's as i say that's about the average but when if you do do large ones and this guy get four grand a year his tax bill was 200 quid so they now want 16 grand back four years worth of four five grand rebates less what actually it should have been and shit <laughs> what do you do what do you do um well again we had to negotiate with hmrc and saying look this is a trades person Hasn't got that sort of money, been through a divorce. So there's mitigating circumstances, which HMRC, they're not, again, they're human as well. Let's be honest, they are people and inspect it as a person. If you can put a good case study for, forward, then they will accept that and you can do a payment plan. Again, getting an accountant to negotiate that for you takes the stress away. You, it's not you speaking to HMRC, it's us on your behalf. And um, knowing that you've got somebody in the middle, should we say, between taxman grabbing money and actually you haven't got any, again, is a stress reliever. And this guy, I think we negotiated it over 20, it was two years, sorry, 24 months. We did negotiate it. And that's still a lot of money. It's still, he's got to find that amount per month to pay back and know that he's no longer going to get rebates of four grand a year, which a lot of people bank on. They book their holiday on it. So they get the rebate in April. Brilliant. Let's, let's put the holiday or whatever. Or go and just go crazy with it. Go down the pub, some people actually. Like I said, it's always better just to go to an expert. As I said, I don't cut my own hair for a reason. So you mentioned earlier about CIS. Now, yep. this is all to do with the building trade, isn't it? It's tradespeople in general. Tradespeople yeah. in general. Yeah. Now, the last two years, nobody can ignore it. There's been, a, you know, everything sort of stopped for the pandemic. Yep. All sorts of things went on with money and tax and grants and stuff. Where do you stand with it now? Um, yeah, last year was interesting because um, when everybody stopped working... Obviously, they gave people the grants, the self-employment income support grants. Actually, some trades could carry on working. So, of course, with the building trade and things like that, you could carry on working. And the scheme was set up to help people who had been negatively impacted during the, the lockdown. So if you couldn't work, uh, Rishi gave you some money. He allowed, gave people basically a percentage of their previous year's profits. So have, they been, have the grants been taken into account you well, know, where are you putting that on your earnings? Well, this is it, because that's a separate box on the tax return, and a lot of people miss that. So um, HMRC know that they gave you some money. So if you do a tax return and you don't haven't put that in the right box, they're going to come back and tell you it's wrong. And but, does the grant affect the rebate that you might get? 
significantly because, as I say, people in the CIS, so the construction industry scheme, have their tax paid in advance. They get 20% deducted regardless. And the grants they got, there's no tax on them. So if you got, let's say, 10 grand in grants, you haven't had that tax paid already. So if that comes on, if, if then you, that's your income and you've not already paid your tax on that, then you're not going to get that back at the end of the year. So people who were expecting rebates, uh, who had worked, had tax paid in advance, and then also had their grants, um, this year they're unlikely to have got a rebate. So I work in the building trade, and I earn 25 grand a year. Over the pandemic, I claimed three grants, totaling 10K. Yeah. What am I expecting now? So you will pay tax and national insurance on that 10K because they, they were received um, directly from HMRC with no tax deducted. So you you'd immediately have 2,900 quid tax due. So on 10 grand, that's what I'm going to have to pay back. Yep. Okay. But it's not bad. You've got 10 grand for free. Yep. So I say for free, you've, you've got it. Uh, you've got to pay 229 on it. So you're still, yeah, seven grand up. Okay. That. So that, but that's seven grand of support you've received. It's not profit, is it? It's support that you've received to help you through the pandemic. And what will I then expect to be paying this year? Well, there's only two grants this year. So that was the thing. There was five grants in total, three of which hit the last tax year, so 2021. Two of them are in this tax year. So if you are, again, expecting a rebate in March, just take into account uh, the grants that you received in April, May, I think it was, and then June, July. They were they were less this time around, and less people claim them because the pandemic had uh, lockdown at ease, shall we say, so it opened up and people did carry on working. But it's just being aware, and I think this is the thing, just have a look at it now, speak to an accountant, they can tell you straight away. Um, if you are expecting it, again, if you're looking at getting a four or five grand rebate, then just 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 be careful, speak to an accountant. It, as I say, it, it can be genuine, let's be honest, it can be, you, you could have bought a van, you could have done things, but it shouldn't just be assumed that you're going to get one. Um, and when people are banking on a, a rebate, because annually they... they, they Come accustomed to them, come, come used to them. That year that they don't get one, it could cause an impact at home. So anybody thinking of doing their tax return themselves at home this year, what's your advice? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, don't. I think it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, we charge 250 quid for a tax return. It's not life-changing for us. Uh, you can do it yourself, as I say. Um, but we want to make sure it's right. And it, I think if, if more people did it, and more people did it properly, just you'd end up less stressed. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you would like some help with your tax return, get in touch with us at Genio Accountants. We'd be happy to help. The Genio Accountants podcast is hosted and produced by the Podcast Lady.